Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It is live here on Bob Wong Sports and simulcast housed on the Sports Stream Premium Network. So a lot to get to today. My guy, Tyler Gellhouse. Look at the whiteboard behind us if you're watching on YouTube. There's nothing there. Nothing but a sea of white. And that is what you're going to see this weekend as college game day comes to town. Auburn comes to town. War Eagle, maybe the war on Eagle as uh, Penn State Nittany Lions look to take down the Auburn Tigers. Tyler, lots of breakdown from last week, but I know we'll move pretty quickly into the Bo Nix-led Auburn Tigers. But Penn State is 2-0, and a good solid victory over Ball State, much to the chagrin of our guest picker from last week, Kurt Hoffman, who is a Ball State letterman. What did you take away? Uh, my takeaways were probably all three phases of the game looked pretty strong to me. Um, special teams, uh, Stout was three for four with a miss on the, the 45. So um, that was certainly a um, an improvement from week one against Wisconsin. Uh, you know, he hasn't given up a return of a kickoff or a punt yet. He's just been booming the ball from, from those uh, facets of the special teams. And then, and then offense, I think we started to see them get rolling, albeit – I thought, you know, a little vanilla. I don't think they really showed much, and I think that's okay. Um, you know, I'd rather have them kind of keep some things in their back pockets still early on in the season. Um, no turnovers, again, by the offense, none on the year. Um, and then the defense, I thought, looked really good again, um, causing two two interceptions. Jesse Lucetta, house call, pick six. And then Daquan Hardy had a nice interception himself in the third. Um, you know, Ball State coming into it, I thought – you know, we all picked them to cover that 22 points, um, as big of a margin as that seems. They had a lot of publicity coming into this season, especially this game as an upset alert type of game, and Penn State didn't flinch. They were prepared. There was no trap game, uh, no looking ahead to the whiteout. There was no Wisconsin hangover. So uh, impressive, impressive win, um, you know, and a win that they, they should always take care of business, but they look good doing it. Yeah, I think you have to have to say that this team looked good. Um, played great on the defensive line. Jesse Lucchetta was a star. Uh, played pretty good in uh, the half that they didn't have Ellis Brooks. Thought the secondary was great. Sean Clifford, good enough. I don't think he was as crisp as he could have been. But I also think that he made some good reads at times and uh, and did not turn the football over. Those are things that Penn State's looking to do. Uh, first time back for 107,000 fans. They retreated to a nice show. And that's a game that if Penn State wants to go where it needs to go, it's a game you need to win comfortably. But I was impressed. I thought Ball State was going to make it a more difficult game. And from the beginning on, that really wasn't the case. Uh, even the touchdown at the end, it was against a bunch of threes that Penn State had put out there. So you win the game comfortably. You get good performances from your best players. And you get reps for your second team and even your third team guys down the stretch. That's a very successful Saturday afternoon in Beaver Stadium. Yeah, and, and on top of all that, it appears that you know Penn State came out of that game healthy. Um, you know, probably some some dings here and there, like every other game. But you know, Jaquan Brisker was able to rest a lot, which is good coming off of his Wisconsin game where he was banged up. Excuse me. So um, that's another good thing is that these guys were able to rest up a little bit get their legs back for um, for this week's game against Auburn. We have a special guest coming on, Rob Stott of the Bob Long Sports football game broadcast team. 
He's going to tell us about LaSalle against Imhotep from this past Saturday. And Tyler, two Penn State commits and a third guy that's a sophomore interior defensive line bat lineman that already has offers from Penn State as well as Boston College and Temple University. So he's going to walk us through that experience. And also, in honor of college game day coming to Happy Valley, Rob's going to tell us about his experience being on game day live, hosted on Bob Long Sports before LaSalle versus Imhotep. We had a live on-campus pregame show. Great involvement by the LaSalle pep band and Rob Stott got up there and made a headgear pick. So we won't spoil it any further than that. But he's going to tell us about that on the show. But again, I think it was great. It will be great to have him on to talk about the future of Penn State. Two guys, maybe even a third, that could be wearing Nittany Lion blue in a few years. Um, the other thing I want to talk about as, as we move on from Ball State, unless you had something else there. It's Auburn week. It is Auburn week. It is whiteout week, Tyler. And this game that folks have been looking forward to for years is finally upon us. A big name SEC West school that is a top echelon program every year. National champion program. Uh, new coach, not a new quarterback. Bo Nix, a guy who's been there for seemingly five years now, continues to lead the charge there. He has shown wonderful flashes of being a top-end quarterback in the SEC. He has also been a benchable guy who has made significant mistakes in big games. This is a big game. Sean Clifford has also made mistakes in big games, and he's also a guy who can surprise you every now and again. They're very similar. Yep. So, as we look towards this, uh, as it turns out, Penn State is going to be wearing blue in the whiteout. Auburn going to be wearing white in the whiteout. What uh, what do we expect for this one, Tyler? What are folks going to be expecting, or what should they be expecting to see on Saturday evening? A 7:30 kickoff on uh, on ESPN, a college game day matchup. Sure. Um, you know, I'll start with the quarterback play. Um, as you said, Bo Nix has been very streaky throughout his career. Uh, he has beaten Oregon in the first game of his college career. He's even knocked off Alabama. Um, and, you know, one of those games being neutral site, the other one uh, being at home. Um, if you look at his stats, and I don't have them in front of me, I wish I did, but his home or neutral site statistics are, ac are actually really, really good. And then you, you turn, you look, flip the page to his away game and it's you know touchdowns and interceptions are even at 10 he's just a totally different quarterback away from really away from Jordan Hare Stadium or or on the road in a true away game so you know that's the first thing I'm looking to um, you know Auburn I think is going to rely on the run heavily they have a really good running back in Tank Bigsby um, you know Penn State has been very stout against the run for the most part. Um, you know, Wisconsin and Malusi had 100 and some yards, but they also ran it a lot. So, But for the most part, they've been able to keep those guys in check. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, is it the Bo Nix that shows up at home in a neutral site games, or is it the Bo Nix that shows up on the road? I hope it's the one that shows up on the road. It's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere. Um, you know, first whiteout since 2019 Michigan. Uh it, it should be a great day, really, for Penn State, college game day. 
uh, 7.30 night game with the whiteout on ABC, hopefully capped off by another um, early season win against a ranked opponent. Last week, Tyler, you told me that you would be shocked if Penn State lost any of the next four games that was starting with Ball State and then all the way through the home game against Indiana on October 2nd. Yeah. Uh, I said that I would would not be shocked if they lost to Auburn this weekend. I'm here to reiterate that point. This is an eminently dangerous game against a really good Auburn team. Uh, they have played nobody, though. They have played nobody. They, played, they have looked good playing nobody, yeah. though, too. So 62 nothing be, against, I think it was South Alabama last and week. They played Akron, Akron in who week was, one. like, god-awful. But, um, but still, I mean, they looked good, though but they played nobody, but you can play nobody and, and not look good. So it's like sure. you really don't know what to take from it. And Penn State, I don't want to lull anybody into a false sense of security. I'm impressed with what they've done the last few weeks. I'm impressed with the way the defense scrambled against Wisconsin. And I'm impressed with the margin of victory against Ball State. But it is Ball State. And at no point this year can anybody realistically say that there's a belief that this offense is going to or will be able to stand up against a high-quality defense, and that's exactly what Auburn has. I expect this to be a low-scoring game. Maybe a big play or two wins it. I, I uh, This is a game where the winner of this is primed for great positioning in their respective conferences. Yes, it's not going to impact anybody's ability to go to their respective conference championship game, but if you're talking about early, get into the top 10, which I think Auburn would sneak right up near the top 10 if they won this game. Penn State would sneak into the top 8 or 7, depending upon what else happens in the top 10. All of a sudden, both of these teams are fringe college football playoff. Auburn's got to beat Alabama. Penn State's got to beat Ohio State. And bang, you're in that spot. Iowa, Iowa on the road, of course. Well, then you can, you can say Texas A&M and Georgia sure. for Auburn, too. Of course. Things will fall into place. Uh, th this puts them in a position where, yes, this is one of these two teams after this weekend we'll be talking about as a team that does control its own destiny and probably a team where that wasn't expected to be the case prior to the season. So this is your game of the week this coming weekend. Uh, no, rightly so, college game day. But I think Penn State fans, while they have the right to be confident and be certainly excited, Auburn is an extremely dangerous team, and I would argue is the third most talented team they'll play this year behind Ohio State and Iowa, of course. Iowa, what a great win for them on the road in Ames. They look really good. I, Iowa has the most impressive um, resume after two weeks so far with knocking off Indiana, killing Indiana, and then and then really handling Iowa State on the road for yep. the majority of that game. Um, so Iowa, all of a sudden, top five, kind of out of nowhere. So – Kinnick, never an easy place for Penn State to play. Just got a little bit harder in the mm -hmm. next couple weeks. Yeah, let's let's walk through some of the personnel and what we saw over the weekend. Again, Clifford, for me, uh, better, but less pressure, more space, more time. This is going to be a big test for him, but he acquitted himself a little bit better. He's still missing throws in the open field. But we said it last week. We're saying it this week. And the more weeks that I come on this show and say this, the more chances Penn State has to win. His misses are either high and outside or low as opposed to high and inside where they were last year, which lead to interceptions. So a couple high balls that went out of bounds. Hasn't really missed to the inside. There were a couple of 
should have been intercepted balls at Wisconsin. I mm-hmm. felt less that way this week at Ball State. He was under better control, and, and the results showed that. thought Sean Clifford played well. Noah Kane looks to be the guy for this team, with Kevon Lee being a guy who I think can be your bruising second back dynamic duo. Devin Ford got some time. He's still really finding his way at this time as Penn State Indy line, which is a shame. Super talented. Still needs to work his way into Mike Yurcich's system, but uh, you know, I would like to see a little bit more out of Devin Ford, but that running back room, very, very cluttered. Yeah, and, and we still haven't seen John Lovett, the Baylor transfer, so uh, not really sure what's going on there. Yeah. Um, you know, Lovett, uh, Keaton Ellis, and Hakeem Beeman have been around, but haven't been dressed for games so doesn't sound like it's an injury thing but hopefully mm-hmm. whatever it is it can get straightened out sooner rather than later as they could use all three of those guys big time we talked a little bit about the wide receiver combination and how they were really tight at wisconsin a couple more guys got run which is good again it's it's that'll continue to develop and maybe a game like villanova is a guy will you'll where you'll see a lot more of liam clifford harrison wallace those types of guys but the top three look pretty well Pretty well situated there. Again, you know I want to see Winston Eubanks get more run as the fourth wide receiver, the second guy off the bench there. But uh, but excited, again, for what Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson can do. Dotson can take the top off and also is that safety valve. He, yeah. He's that unique combination yeah. I mean, of just being he, the guy. Like you said, he can take the top off what you saw in week one and then what you saw last week, a nice little screen pass and juke a couple guys out, get a couple nice blocks, and off he goes to the to the end zone. So – he can kind of score on any play. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting him the ball. You got to figure that Auburn, who has a pretty good secondary, is going to be eyeing him up all day. These other guys are going to have to show up. Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith, the tight ends. Tight I know ends. Theo Johnson had a touchdown catch, first one, late in the game against Ball State. They're going to they're gonna need to do a little bit more this week, especially uh, you know Brenton Strange as well, um, because they're going to be eyeing up Dotson, um, and I think that the, the, the tight ends could be crucial in the run game and the blocking. They've got to get the run game going a little bit more because that will ease it up for Clifford. And I think that that is still an ongoing question. Again, far from a concern, but something we've all kept our eyes on. We saw the system that Mike Yersich ran at Texas, and granted that was only for a year. And he was marginally involved in what they did at Ohio State. Those are not programs that involved the tight ends the way Penn State did under Kirk Shiraka, but really more so before him, Joe Moorhead. And and the guys that got the Mike Gesickis of the world, the Pat Fryermuse, uh, will even give Ricky Ronnie a shout-out there, right? They, If nothing else, he got the tight ends involved and made this a tight end factory. Still to be determined, Tyler, as to what role they're going to take in Penn State's system under Mike Yurcich. Uh they're supremely talented. I think we will see more this weekend. Just something I'm keeping my eye on. And then on the offensive line, loving seeing Eric Wilson win the role. We talked about it in our Week Zero show, and it seems like he is the guy at guard there. Yeah, another remarkable transfer portal pickup by Penn State. Uh, right now, counted, I have, what? what's that, three starters now? So what, that's Tangelo, uh, Tangelo Ebikete, Wilson, and, yeah, and, right. and Wilson. Um, and, and even, even a guy like Lighten, uh, Litton, Lighton, um, on special yeah. teams, um, Johnny well, Dixon in the secondary, there's, there's a lot of guys that are contributing. Jair Brown and Jaquan sure. Brisker wasn't this year, right. but junior, yeah. and the Juco junior guys. college route. Sure. But, um, it's, yeah, I mean, Eric Wilson, um, you know, good for him from coming from Harvard and 
not even really play, they didn't even play last year and then mm-hmm. you know it was maybe a little bit slow getting back getting his foot he back missed and spring camp of course yeah, because you got to stay for that piece of paper in the spring yeah you think and then um you know didn't start week one but he played the majority of week one after Wiggins struggled and it's his job now yep Exciting. So that's a look at the offense. I think the rest of the line, you know, doing pretty well, right? I think the tackles are in a good spot. Caden Wallace, Rasheed Walker, excited where they are. Um, Really, really solid line. But again, they will be tested. Uh, They did a decent job at Wisconsin, particularly in the second half. Great against Ball State. Okay, let's see it against an SEC defensive line. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be one of the battles I'm going to be watching very closely. Both, both offense and defense in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And then at defensive end, right? Switching to the defense, we know that they are light at defensive end. But to the extent that Ellis Brooks isn't ejected again for targeting and Jesse Lucchetta can stay on that outside edge rusher, boy, between him and Ebiquete, yeah. exciting. And then up the middle, I still want to see a little bit more of Derek Tangelo. You know, we talked at the end of last year about – uh, Antonio Shelton moving mm-hmm. on, and right. you, know, you didn't didn't think it's a huge loss, and I get that, right? But it really would be nice to have three twenty, three thirty in the middle at the one technique. You can let PJ kind of flip over to the three. Uh, Tangelo has been okay, but I want to see a little bit more out of him. And you mentioned the rushing game. Well, it's it's those one and three guys in the middle that can right. really stymie that. And I think they do need to be a little bit better to get where they want to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. I, I think that, you know, if they can get Beeman back for whatever reason he's not there mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Because he can play end and tackle, and and that'll that'll help at both positions depth-wise. Um, Jesse Lucchetta looks like a totally different football player. He looks like a natural defensive end. I mean, that was one of the most impressive one-handed interceptions you'll see really from any player on the field, let alone a defensive end. Um, so it, it, it's really good that he, he seemed to have – turn I shouldn't say turn the corner but really um grasp um the the defensive end position and has kind of has kind of taken it I mean I like Tar Burton um Mm -hmm. more of a solid reliable when healthy depth option but I think Luketa brings a lot more to the table in terms of athleticism and and you know getting to the quarterback and making plays our guest picker, Rob Stott, just showed up in the building, and it is interesting, Tyler the Carlers. We're going to talk about a guy that we both saw this weekend, Abdul Carter, who's played nothing but linebacker throughout his time in high school, but they're already talking about him both on campus and then the, the insiders writing about it and talking about it like us, that he is a prime candidate to be an edge rusher, and there are some similarities between him and Jesse Lucchetta, size, brawn, Athletic capability. Yeah, eventually, um, you know, nature takes over and keep growing. You get to a college weight room, and you're going to have to switch positions eventually. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think that's the moneymaker for him. I mean, we saw one one rush. He didn't even have his hand on the ground in the three-point stance, but but did come off the edge, and it was one swim move. And it was, again, unlike unlike any move I've, I've seen at the high school level. Maybe Eni White threw one or two there, another guy we'll talk about. But, um, yeah, it was, it was as good as it, as it gets. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, again, Luketa really good this weekend on the defensive line. Uh, Mustafer, again, solid. Need him to be your guy. It seems like yeah. he's been playing forever. Yep. Key young kid out of McDonough that has become a fantastic Nittany Lion. Um, 
And then I think the linebackers were good, and the secondary is a real strength of this team, especially with Castro Fields playing better, it, it, healthy. Yeah, and, Porter and, Jr. is going to be one of the all-time greats. Sure, and 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 Brown and um, and Brisker just, you know, I know they have that Lackawanna connection, but right. they so far, I know it's early, but they've been on the same page, and it's been some of the best safety combination play. And I know it's early again, but that I've seen combination wise between the two starting Penn state safeties in some time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Penn state Auburn coming up this weekend. Again, Bo Nix is going to need to do a lot. They are going to rely on that rushing game and they're one of the best defenses in the sec or so we're told who could possibly say playing South Alabama and Akron to start, but that is not to undersell this team. I, I look at this game as a toss up. Uh, the line may not tell you that, but, Maybe to give you an insight on where I'm thinking about for our our picks coming up down the stretch. This is a concerning game for Penn State, but it's also one of those games that you want to be in, right? The eyes of the nation are looking at you. Defend your home turf. Prove that the whiteout is a top premier environment in all of college football. And I think they'll do all those things this weekend. But a new coach for Auburn, some pressure on Harson, the new guy down there. Uh, Gus Malzahn is gone, running a little bit of a different offense and uh, some momentum down there for Auburn. It's going to be a great game, and I, I think Penn State uh, will will be up for the challenge. And if nothing else, Beaver Stadium will show very well on Saturday night. It, it'll be an amazing scene. Um, he, I, you know, Kirk Herbstreet absolutely loves the whiteout. Um, and as, a, as an Ohio State grad that he is, he he's actually very fair towards Penn State. He's very non-biased in my opinion. Um, but he he literally lives for this night. Um, he he'll be commenting he'll be commentating the game with Chris Fowler, who way back in, geez May June whenever they released the times and the ABC games right away he tweeted can't wait to be back at the whiteout. So. You know, he, it, didn't it, he say at one point that the whiteout was his first experience as a young kid? Maybe because he he actually was uh, raised. I don't know for how long because his dad was a professor at Penn State, mm-hmm. so he he did live in State College for some of his childhood. Um, I actually ran into the, both of them at a at a, a State College football game the the night before Penn State beat Ohio State with the Grant Haley mm-hmm. return. Yep. They were at the game just watching. Uh, partially because, you know, it's Chris Fowler. It was like his hometown, and he was – I don't know if he considers it his hometown, but he did live there for an extended period of time. So yeah. um, those both those guys love Penn State. It'll be – you know, win or lose, um, it'll be great <laughs> for for the country to see what, you know, Penn State has to offer. Yeah, and now that you're saying that, and I feel confident enough to, to reiterate, yes, I saw a video that he took, and it was probably at the beginning of the pandemic or maybe even before then – uh, saying that he remembered being in this seat or this section as Joe Paterno and the team ran out onto the field and it was his first college football experience that got him in love with the sport. So uh, I believe that was on his Twitter. Go check that out, Chris Fowler, and uh, adds a little bit more intrigue or at least uh, you know personal feeling to, to the game on Saturday night. Funny story, you talk about high school football. That game where Grant Haley takes it back, Earlier that day, my guy, Rob Stott, and I were calling a game of our own, and it was a game where DeAndre Swift, yes, that DeAndre <laughs> Swift of the Detroit Lions and of, um, and of the Georgia Bulldogs, and could have been Penn State Nittany Lions, turned out not to be, 
Ran for seven touchdowns against LaSalle. He was not playing bad, for St. Joe's prep. So I remember going up to that game and saying, hmm, DeAndre Swift was the most talented athlete I saw play today. <laughs> Turns out to very likely be the case. My, oh, my. That, that's good stuff. And then you, obviously we'll hear about the, the next game later with more Philadelphia um, stars making their way to the college gridiron shortly. Yeah, Philadelphia high school football is as good as it's been. Now, Again, we'll take three minutes on this, Tyler. And if you're watching or listening, you want to skip, I, I, I'd go past three or four minutes. But <laughs> James Franklin has had to address rumors once again about Southern Cal. This time the job is actually open. In times <laughs> past, it's been while Clay Helton still held the job. Uh, Dan Patrick's show throws a little bit of an interesting flair on it and says that a source that he's close to, of course, he won't release the name, says that there is, quote, mutual interest between James Franklin and Southern Cal. What are your reactions to that, my, Tyler? My reaction is what I'm not surprised that Southern Cal is interested in them. I'm not, I wouldn't, you know, because it, the name's been floating around there for a while, you know, every year it's Clay Helton. He's going to get fired this year. Well, he finally gets fired in week two of this season. Um, that kind, that really stinks by the way for him, but um the the other side of it to me is you know I'm I'm very I was very confident I still am with Penn State this week but it's just to me it's an unnecessary distraction you know you start off two and zero and now you know you got to block block that out I I don't know what's going on with Franklin and and USC if they're they're talking at all but if they are I mean that's going to have an impact on the team I would think and and the coaching where his head is um, this week. I would like to say that it's it's not mutual interest. I hope it's just a false, you know, report. Because, um, you know, it's one thing at the end of the season, and I would hate to see him go, but, like, really, like, week three, 2-0 and o going into Auburn, it's just, like, really bad timing for me. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yep. And I, you've seen this before with James Franklin. He has leveraged other offers or at least other interests into negotiating contract increases for himself. But where he's done a really good job is it hasn't always been an unbelievable raise for him, relatively speaking, of course, when you're talking millions really of dollars. Facilities. Bingo. You're allocating resources to hiring better assists or at least paying your assistants more. And when you have a better pool, you can hire better assistants, right. facility increases, so et cetera. And those are long-term decisions that he's making. So that is the one thing you kind of hold your hat on. But I, I, I was just going to say, like, I don't, you know, I get the weather in Southern California is awesome, um, but he kind of just rebuilt Penn State, if you will, a couple years ago, and with with Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley, all those guys, and then you, last year is what it, you know, it's it's over with, but it 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 happened, um, and then you start off hot this year. You're recruiting, you have the number one recruiting class in the country, and that that won't stick at number one just because of numbers and. And they have 22 commits right now, or 24, and other schools don't have that many. But to me, it just seems like why like step back and kind of start over at a new school? And I know USC is a you know a destination job and, Money. and all. Well, yeah, I mean, but I you gotta you're really starting back over. And if that's what you want to do, but I just think he's at a really good spot at Penn State. But I don't know. I mean, he might not be as happy. He looks like he's very happy this year. 
But, you know, like you said, money talks. Money talks, and then, listen, there are the other personal elements of this. His daughter has has a disease, right? I, is, it, is it sickle cell? And I, I yeah, think, I, th- I think so, but, but don't quote me on it. it. Same here, but the Southern California Hospital and Medical Community is far superior to that of Central Pennsylvania. And then there's the stuff that happens where your special team's Captain Jonathan Sutherland gets a you know, a racist message sent to him and you yourself are a minority candidate in in central Pennsylvania. And again, that's not in any way reflective of of say the broader community or really anybody specifically, but that that kind of is what it is. And, you know, does any of that matter to him? And again, this is why I recommended folks just move past the four minutes because a lot of this is speculation. But Southern California one of the more diverse liberal areas in the country. Uh, the hospital systems are what they are. So for his daughter, you know, does any of that matter? I don't know. I'm not yeah. going to answer. You're not going to answer. But that's I, just part of the equation, I, I, not I, to mention Southern Cal's tradition and the money that comes with it. And, and that's probably why we're talking about it right now. And you know he's going to get asked about it a thousand times tonight, um, at, you know, the media, because Wednesdays are media day. But um I I just don't I don't want it to be I know nobody wants it to be a distraction but like imagine they just look like crap beca- on Saturday because they're not going to come out and say oh, we're distracted because of our coach but that's that's where everyone's mind's going to go right away. I hear you. You know what I mean? So I just hope it's not a distraction for anybody and you know and kind of just move on and see what happens. Yep. Yep. We'll see. Best case scenario, James Franklin negotiates more money for his assistance, and they continue to keep guys like Mike Yurcich and Brent Pry happy, right? That's the best-case scenario, and maybe some facilities upgrades. If that's what comes from this, I think everybody can breathe a sigh of relief, but it does continue to regurgitate itself every couple of years. All right, that's it on that. We're done. Done on James Franklin and um, and those rumors to Southern Cal. We'll let... The we'll AP talk about it Fox, next week and the Fox week after Sports that. Fox Sports and ESPN. <laughs> we'll let all those writers. Hold on, real quick though. How how do you think that plays out? Is USC will they hire somebody at the end of the year? I think so. Okay, I think so. If it's, because if that it's would James be totally Franklin, bizarre. Like, I would say between the end of the regular season and the playoffs, if Penn State is not in the college football playoff, that would be the one situation okay. where I could see it. Changing. They'll probably just ride with an interim the whole season or something like They've that. They've already named an interim. Okay. Yep, so that's my guess. Unless Urban wants to quit Jacksonville, in which, which he, case they he, can bring he, him on he, now. He might quit, but I don't think at that point he'd get back into the coaching. I think he's already regretting going there. Yeah, fair enough. And then Bob Stoops would be the other guy, or somebody that's on on TV right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a guy who could step in right now, potentially. Bob Stoops, and I don't want to turn this into a USC thing, but that'd be interesting. I mean, he is on big noon kickoff with Matt Leinart. Mm-hmm. Just saying. And Red, is Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush too. Yeah. They're probably you know in his ear, man. They should just hire both of them. Yeah. Quarterback's co-head coach, coach. Running back coach. Stoops head coach. Co-manager <laughs> and co-manager for my office fans out there. All right. That is it. Now we're done. Uh, we'll take a quick break, though, and bring Rob Stott on on the other side, our guest picker for the evening. We're going to talk some Penn State recruiting with three guys on the field that may. Well, two of them will, and one of them may. Find his way into uh, into to Navy Blue in the coming years. So stay with us here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report. Dunphy Ford is Mayfair's neighborhood Ford store. Nobody knows your neighborhood like Dunphy Ford. Nearly 40 years. Right here on Frankfurt Avenue. Generation after generation, our neighbors continue to be our customers. 
We have access to the cars and trucks you want with financing you need. Dumpy Ford is Northeast Philly's first choice for America's number one brand. 7700 Frankfurt Avenue in Mayfair. Online at www.dumpyford.com. Come experience the Dumpy difference. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Nittany Lions Sports Report. It's live here on Bob Long Sports and housed on the Sports Stream Premium Network. Again, I'm Bob Long. Tyler Gellhouse is to my left if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening, then he's the other guy talking. And then <laughs> to my right is Rob Stott, our guest picker for the evening. Rob, welcome. How are you, my friend? Doing well, Bob. Appreciate you having me. Excited to be here. And uh, I, I think if I remember right, the last time... It was a couple of years ago now, but I think it was you know a, a five in one effort that I put forward. Very good. I, you at least gave me the games for that one though, so I don't know what I'm picking tonight. So we're coming in blind. Ooh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you go five and one, you set the bar you pretty got, high. I know. So I know. We got. Yeah, we got. There's a, no flashcards for this one. No, got to make it a little more difficult. Little That's more right. Difficult. That's right. Well, we'll run it on the fly. But before we get there, Rob is a high school broadcasting aficionado <laughs> and I am honored that he chooses to spend his time calling football with me and Bob Long Sports and LaSalle College High School and Rob we had a fantastic game this past weekend as LaSalle took on Imhotep two of the best teams in the area two of the best teams in the state regardless of classification and it was LaSalle coming up with a 13 to 8 win uh, a lot of talent on the field it was it was and um, I, I mean it's kind of funny. You look back to what we were doing. We did a whole, and I know we'll get more into it, but we did a whole pregame show ahead of time. And that whole time during that pregame show, we were talking about how we thought it was going to be low scoring, you know, very much in the trenches type of game. And, uh, you know, we thought back to the last time those two teams met and it was low scoring, figured it would be pretty similar, you know, a similar sort of effort from both teams. And what do you know? What was it? A 13 to eight or something like that? It finished 13 up. to eight. And uh, we, we, we read it well. And it was just a lot of fun to call. You mentioned all the talent on the field. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of, it felt like a mini Big Ten clash with uh, kind of what we had going on. So a lot of uh, Big Ten, you know, commits there on the field. But uh, just a, a great effort and a nice win for LaSalle on homecoming to top it all off. Really nice win for LaSalle. 13 to eight. They're three and oh on the season. And the name that folks that, watch this show might be most interested in is one Mr. Abdul Carter wearing number 22 and yep. playing linebacker Yeah, 22 in your programs but number one in your uh you know 2022 recruiting class hearts <laughs> for Penn that's, State that's and the really Nittany Lions uh just a, an unbelievable athletic specimen that we've had the pleasure of being able to watch over the last four years um grow and develop into just it, I mean I, I venture to call him a world-class high school athlete because that's that's what he displayed on, uh, you know, Saturday. I know he came up big for homecoming, but uh, you know, a, a guy that um, we saw him. I think when he started out, you know, he was playing mainly offense, but they had him, you know, mixing in a little bit on defense. You know, his first sophomore junior year, uh, but then really last year was when they decided to, you know, stick him on that defensive side of the ball, right in the middle of the field at linebacker, and he's just blossomed ever since and uh you know mr franklin you know I, I know you guys were talking hopefully mr franklin uh you know has a nice prospect coming to him next year uh up there at happy valley yeah well at least before the usc stuff started he was supposed to be coming down to watch this game on friday night eight o'clock p.m wissahickon high school so we'll be if there folks are in, we'll be there James so if franklin he, is supposed to come down to that he was there was talk of him taking a helicopter and landing somewhere well, he, nearby he does actually he does do that so I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised i know um 
last week on Friday he was down in Delaware recruiting. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the USC talks wouldn't stop him from doing that. No, I've, it's um, more a joke. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but you never know. I mean, it, it certainly could happen. Yeah. Day before whiteout, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, nothing. You know, he's got a big time recruit there, and uh, it, it'll be interesting. Well, we'll have a very talented cameraman or woman there, TVD, and we'll make sure to get the entrance <laughs> and the landing of the helicopter if, in fact, that does happen. But uh, but that's the game coming up next week and Friday, eight o'clock at Wissahick. And so, if you're in the area, again, we're a Philadelphia-based show, so if you're around here, you should. Uh, Come on out and see it. But, you know, Rob, it was his best game in a LaSalle uniform, and I wonder your thoughts. We teased it in the last break, but what type of player do you think he translates to at the next level? Yeah, um, I mean, it was by – you say his best game. I think, you know, again, we've been watching him for a couple years now. That is – that was a standout game. Um, I mean, he just stepped up. It it felt like we were calling his number every other play uh, for the Explorers. And, I mean – the way he's positioned right now, I, you know, I heard you talking about it a little bit um, when I walked in, but you know, he's he's a linebacker for this Explorers team. Um, he's been a stalwart in the middle of the field, but he's still, you know, a- eighteen years old, uh, which means he's got some growing left to do. Um, and he's already, you know, a, a clearly the the biggest athlete on the field, the biggest player that that you see on that LaSalle defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know he gets up up to Happy Valley in that weight room there. Uh, puts a few pounds on. He's still going to grow. Uh, he looked, I mean, and he lined up as well, you know, a couple times, you know, last Friday and uh, or last Saturday during homecoming on the edge. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he converts himself into a D, a D end, uh, you know, as he gets to college and, um, you know, just a, a very athletic one at that. So it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see uh, what happens. But, uh, you know, whatever they decide to do with him up there, uh, the kid's going to step up to the plate and, you know, knock it out of the park. And then one piece of cross-promotional uh, uh, ideas here. SportsStream Premium Network, Bruce Badgley, his show, Pre-Snap Look, which is a D12 and D1 high school football show, he actually had Abdul on the show this past week. And one of the comments that was made was, uh, hey, I know you're wearing number 22. Do you want to wear that at Penn State? Reason asking is that's John Capaletti's number, and <laughs> I know Evan Royster had had worn it most recently, but yeah, it's it's retired. And uh, Abdul said, I, you know, I'll make my case, and basically <laughs> he thought he was worthy of that consideration. So wow. uh, not lacking for confidence. He, he right. sounds a little bit more like a number a number eleven right now. I know, I hear that, <laughs> and setting the bar pretty high. But he likes twenty two. Well. We'll see. I know. But you're right. I'm with you on 11. Micah Parsons, yeah. of course, LeVar Arrington. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so that's the Abdul Carter story. Again, you should watch our broadcast if you haven't. We'll be broadcasting Abdul and the rest of the Explorers all year long. But there were other guys on the other side of the football. Keon Wiley yep. was an edge rusher as well, also played some time in the tight end role, although that's not going to be a college thing for him. And then uh, Jasir Whittington, a name that Penn State fans may not be as familiar with. Just in the last three weeks, he earned three offers, Boston College, Temple, and your Penn State Nittany Lions. And he is, a, as of right now, three-technique defensive tackle, so he's playing inside. And, uh, Rob, I'm interested in your thoughts on him, as well as Keon, who was already committed. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was cool to see. Um, I figured if any game, you know, James would show up to, it'd be to, well, I guess he already did the work, but, you know, he had two guys on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're playing, squaring yeah. off against each other. Luckily, not an offensive and defensive guy where they're 
literally clashing heads on the field. You know, maybe take those hits a little more softly. But the Ball State game at three thirty kind of uh, dissuades. Yeah, the helicopter he, uh, doesn't go that fast. Yeah. <laughs> little busy, but uh, no. I mean, it was cool to see. You know, two guys that you know are going to eventually be teammates um, up there, and uh, you know, the, the talent level. You know, I I still, you know, if you're if you're talking about, and I know we have another guy, Eni, who was um, he's uncommitted as of mm-hmm. right now, uh, but you know, the top edge rusher uh, recruit in the country right now. Um, but you know, of the three athletes that we saw, and then you throw Whittington in there as well. I mean, Abdul, maybe it's bias, home hometown bias, but I feel like he stood out. Um, you know, we we just saw, I think, a lot more from him being a, a game wrecker of sorts uh, during during the course of that game. But I mean, all all four of them, you know, you had three seniors and a sophomore, unbelievably, in Whittington um, that, you know, are, are just going to – they're going to be names you're going to be hearing a lot of on Saturdays moving forward. Yeah, exciting. I would throw Eni and Abdul in that same category. And, and yeah. I'm sure Keon, yeah. too, right? It might have just been the wrong game because you talk to people and some folks will tell you that watch Imhotep every game, they'll say that Keon has more of a game-to-game impact. That wasn't the case on Saturday. Right. Uh, Might have been LaSalle running the ball away from him a little bit, and I, I, I give Keon credit for that. Uh, but Eni was everywhere as well, and yeah. I thought he had a really nice game. Uh, just a treat, Rob, to be able to go broadcast yeah. a game like that. I mean, that. It, it was just, you know, I, I felt like – we see that sort of talent year to year. Uh, typically, it's during the LaSalle prep game when you, you've got some big names going on there on certainly the prep side of the ball. But, um, you know, it was cool to see it uh, Philly-based, all the talent that's kind of being homegrown here that, that uh, has just, blo- you know, gotten so incredible. I, this area has always been a hotbed for football, right? But, I mean, it just feels like we're in the midst of uh, quite the era for yeah. high school football in Philadelphia. It's really, it's really taken off right now. All and throughout PA, which even is why the last, Penn State's the, the last, one. Yeah, in the last couple of classes. And then, obviously, you guys talked about this class. And then um, I'm not really on the 2023 yet. Uh, but you already talked a little bit about 2024. I know Roman Catholic even has some some guys coming up, and and they're known for their basketball. So right. um, it's 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 really good to see Philadelphia, Philadelphia football back on the map here. And Marvin Harrison, they're known for at Roman Catholic as well. <laughs> that too, yeah, no doubt. But Rob, that was not the only thing we did that day. No, it was not. We, we did we did quite a bit that day. Yeah, in honor of college game day coming up to Penn State this weekend, we did our own version called Game Day Live. And we did it from the track, in front of the band, and in front of the stands at Springfield High School. So we had you, me, Tyler Kern, who also is a former guest pecker here as well. And we did a live show. We had guests like Drew Lockery, 2009 state champion quarterback for LaSalle, we had Chris Mealy, who was former yep. band director and now is a facilitator. And, man, did he bring the noise. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jamie Lynch from 97.5 The Fanatic. He was our version of you right now. He was our guest picker. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a fun day. And the cool thing, of course, you know, it being homecoming, everything was tied back to the LaSalle community, right? So all you talk about, uh, obviously, the three of us, um, you know, we're Bob, Rob, Bob, and Tyler, uh, you know, funny enough, but um, Tyler Kern, and uh, we're all LaSalle grads. You had Jamie, who's a 2000 grad. You had Chris, who was 2013, I believe. Um, and, and then, obviously, Drew Locke and what he did with the uh, 09-10 football team and uh, that state t- championship. And what a fun day, man. I mean, it, it was cool to, to be out there. Um, we were going to be there anyway, so, of course, why not just come a little bit earlier and, uh, you know, bring the, set that vibe up for the day and, and bring the excitement early on. And 
Um, aside from just having the band behind us and everything they did, being able to talk to those guys about the history of LaSalle football and uh, talk to you know Jamie about what he's been able to do, his time at LaSalle and how that's translated to you know his job now at the Fanatic and um, just a great day. And, and then of course you know I, I I hope there's a question coming up about some some things we had to do you know when you, you put your anchors yeah. on your co-hosts on the spot. But put them on. I mean, <laughs> check this out here. Check out this video right here. Rob and Tyler. Doing push-ups, punch for punch, push-up for push-up. Look at you guys go. Punch for punch, you may want to – I don't know about that. I, you know, I, it was a great competition, and I, I was in the moment. You know, Tyler and I were going, like you said, push-up for push-up and had the crowd chanting behind us, you know, counting them off. And uh, I, I kind of want to go back and do a recount here because if you look at it, I mean, if we can do instant replay, if you want to try to edit some instant replay into this, those push-ups – my chest is maybe a centimeter off the ground. You know, I'm doing full extension push-ups. I do agree with that. Like a true and, wrestler and, that you are. Uh, right. And Tyler over here is, is just going halfway. So, I mean, you want to cut. He got what? They they counted, in air quotes, like 48 push-ups for him or something like it that. It was impressive. But they, for don't both get of me you, wrong. He's a, he's a big, he, big yeah. dude, too. Like, I, I was it, like, oh. Rob's, Rob's going to kill him. And I'm watching the I'm claps like, whoa. In there. Mm-hmm. But it did get a little confusing with the, the, the audience was only counting like for both of you, right. so it was kind of right. hard to tell, you know, who, who had who was more. what, because you definitely weren't at the same pace the whole time. No, no I agree. A sure. Recount should be happening very soon. And then he had to show, you know, saving up his energy by only going halfway and then showboating to throw me off my game with, with the, the clap, clap high yeah. fives. Oh, you know, recount, real, real I had to take Chad situation. I, I had to take those pants to get dry cleaned, and he had shorts. Like yeah. there, there's just a oh lot of factors God, going man. on with that situation. So you know, but. No, I, <laughs> But then you had your redemption, and look at this here. If you're wondering who that guy is with that head on, it is Rob Stott. Yeah, uh, we we did head our gear. we did our picks, and uh, you know the cool thing about that head, uh, you know, I, for early on we knew we were going to do a Lee Corso moment for me, and uh, you know the the cool thing about it was uh, that's the same head that you know would have made the trip to the state college. Or, to you know, Hershey, where they play Hershey Field mm-hmm. yep. uh, for the state championship game, and um, to be able to put that on in, in front of the crowd, and you know, have that be the uh, the kind of going away moment for for game day live was just awesome, and you know, something uh, maybe I don't know one one and done. Uh, they'll they'll ask us back. I think we did an okay job. Oh, I think <laughs> I think we did a phenomenal <laughs> job, um, and I think folks that were there, really, I think the folks really did enjoy it. Free pizza for the students, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we just had it was a good time. It was a it good was time. A great time. <laughs> now, Tyler. I don't know if you knew this, but that head that you're talking about that went to Hershey Park was also the head that went on my head when I was a senior at LaSalle. <laughs> oh, you, were the, you were the explorer? The I same I head. I did in... not know that. Let, let me That's tell incredible. You. But it's not surprising, but I don't know how I didn't know that. you got to pull some pictures up of that and put it on there, too. <laughs> let freedom ring, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> smells like it hadn't been washed since 2009, either. I just yeah, want right. to say, you know. <laughs> good, good times. So maybe no better note upon which for us to do our own Guest picker segment. Let's get our picks no out. Head, no headgear around, right? Well, no uh, apparently no preparation either. That's unbelievable. Um, We're going into this cold. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. by the way, this segment is is re- reason for anybody listening um, to to watch. You know, <laughs> this is watch you, it on video. This is Pull that you, phone up and yeah, do the video. And depending on who you listen to, you'll either make money or, or lose money. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, not not doing great this year, um, just like last year. But anyway, Rob. Here we go. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you six total games. Yep. The the last game will be Penn State. 
Um, that's the only game I will give you the spread, and yep. you'll give me the cover and the score or the okay. non-cover. Everything else is just head-to-head. Straight if you want to give a reason, that's great. If you don't, that's that's okay, too. Okay. All right. So we are one, two, three, four, four. We're going to start off um, noon kickoff. We have number eight Cincinnati traveling to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Hmm. Cincy traveling to Indy to take on the Hoosiers. I, you know, I, I like the rankings. Cincy, I'll, I'll stick with them. I'll stick with the, the Bearcats, right? So we'll, we'll go number eight for the win there. They really struggled in the first half last week. Murray State, the Racers. But I do like Cincinnati as well to win this game. I do think they're good enough. Uh, Indiana has a lot of questions to answer. And uh, I believe that Cincinnati wins this one. I'm going Indiana. Um, I think that they, they've they been off to a slow start. But I think this kind of has a little bit of, you know, don't take that Iowa game. That's not really who we are, who we want to be. Um, and I think that Penix has a big game. I think Fry Fogel, the receiver, has a big game. And I think Indiana uh, knocks off knocks off the Bearcats this week. Wow. So we are no longer talking about Cincinnati as a – not, not, Championship not in contender. my not in my world at least, there but you go. I'll probably be wrong. So um, we're going to stick with another interesting Big Ten uh, out of conference game. Michigan State travels down to Miami to take on the Hurricanes. Who, I uh, you know that's a, a trip in and of itself. <laughs> um, I you know I I like Miami in that one. I don't know why. I I just I I like the vibe down there right now in in Miami, and we're just going to stick with them. Go with the hurricane. Yeah, I don't really like the vibe down in Miami right <laughs> he now. He likes the, um, the like everything the but vibe. the football right. vibe. The, yeah, I'm thinking more of the city and the food, a great culture down there. Got uh, it. So I'm going with Miami for that reason. Yeah, cannot say I'm a big Manny Diaz guy, but uh, a little bit of smoke and mirrors here with Michigan State. Miami wins this one at home. I agree. I think this is going to be a really good game. I mean, Miami hasn't looked good at all, obviously, against Alabama. Not many people do look good against Alabama. But even against Appalachian State, who we all know what Appalachian State is, and they're they're no longer, you know, little sisters of the poor or whatever. I mean, they almost beat Miami last week. Um, Michigan State looks pretty good so far under Mel Tucker this year. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think Miami being at home, maybe they're – you're talking about the the nightlife and all that. Maybe there's some distractions for Michigan State, even though they're usually pretty on a pretty strict schedule. But I'm going to go Miami here too. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think both the games we just talked about are going to be pretty good games. Yep. Um, good good picks there, yeah. Tyler. Well, yep. this one I think I know where everyone's going, but you know it's the CBS 3:30 game. Uh, it's two top. I don't think Florida's top ten are they? I think they're right outside. Um, but anyway. The Crimson Tide roll into Gainesville and take on the Florida Gators. Yeah, uh, fun fun matchup. Was actually had the chance to watch a little bit. So this is the only one I probably have a little bit of study on because I watched SportsCenter during lunch this afternoon, and uh, I know that uh, you know you go back to the Tebow era, and it was very much a Florida favored matchup. Um, but since then, I think they're like two and six against the Tide or, or something along those lines. And That's not that bad. No. All things considered, <laughs> not that bad. I mean, to pull off two wins somehow without Tim Tebow as your quarterback uh, down there in Florida. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think 
you'd be crazy right now to pick against Alabama and everything they have going on. They graduate so much talent every year, but still refill the well. Yep. Um, Reload. And so. sometimes not even graduate, just send no. it to the NFL yeah. early. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. I got nothing else. Yeah, I'm going Alabama too. I, you know, I just felt like SEC game of the week, throw it in there, even though I kind of know where everyone's going with it. You know, everybody gets a point here, hopefully. Or nobody does. So yeah. um, this this game, the next game, I think is actually be pretty interesting. Uh, I think it's it might be after the whiteout. I'm not totally sure, but it's definitely a night game. Pac-12 after dark? Well, it's Arizona State at BYU. Oh, And wow. I don't know the exact time. I hope it's after dark for those that you know finish up the whiteout, roll into this game. Interesting matchup, Arizona State at BYU. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, without much, I don't want to say much knowledge, but without much, you know, happening, I, I like BYU. I'll take BYU. You know, I, I like what they've Mormons. done the last couple yeah. of years, you know, they've, they've fielded some, some okay teams these last few years. So I don't know. Zach I'll, I'll Wilson. stick with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you you know, they, they've got some draftable talent. I think I'm going to go with the Power Five school now. Next year, two years from now, it's not. It's, you that won't be the delineator. Big but uh, <laughs> but I will go with Arizona State for the time being. I'm on gonna, the road. Yeah, I'm going to go with Arizona State too. BYU just uh, beat Utah last week, and I think it was like the first time in a while. Um, right. You high. just never exactly the emotions of college football. You you just never know. I mean, they come out and beat up on Arizona State for all we know, but. I'm going to go Arizona State. I think Herm Edwards has done a very good job there. Um, and I think that, you know, they're going to get BYU riding high. And uh, they'll take advantage of it, even though it's on the road. Hello, you play to win <laughs> the game. <laughs> That's right. And um, our final non-Penn State pick em is um, Coastal Carolina at Buffalo. It's an interesting one. Um, I'll say Coastal Carolina only because I like the name. Sean's baby. <laughs> Sean's for our buddy Grant. Yeah, for one of our favorite favorite and most loyal listeners, Grant. Very, very loyal. Um, I'm going to go Coastal as well. Um, I do see them tripping up here in a couple, maybe this week. I don't think this week, but their schedule gets a little tough coming up. So we'll see. An amazing story that we talked a lot about last year. Fun program to follow. Um, so, yeah, we'll go sweep there. And then, um, you know, the pick that everyone's been waiting for. Uh, we are not college game day. We're actually better than college <laughs> game day. So this is a real thing. Um, Penn State, as of you know right now, is is minus six and a half points against Auburn. If you would please give us your score, and then we'll be able to determine if that's a cover or not, and you know keys success or however you yeah. see it playing out. So. While I was standing here, I did. I, I wanted to get a – well, first of all, thank you for picking me to pick on Whiteout Week. I feel like that's an honor in it and of itself. It is an honor, yes. Um, thank you. You know, so I looked up a little bit about, you know, what that has meant to Penn State over the last few years. And uh, this will be the 13th time, I think, that they've done a Whiteout. Six and six record in Whiteout games. Uh, and only the third time that they'll be playing a non-Big Ten opponent in uh, whiteout games. So the last two times, Alabama and Notre Dame. Yep. And the first one, I believe, was uh, the first whiteout game. Um, yep. So, you know, interesting. They've never won. I, I'm sorry. They've only won back-to-back whiteout games twice. 
Uh, it was very early on, and then like 17, 18, I think it was. Um, so some interesting little tidbits about this, and uh, you know they they they've always been good games. I think you know the Alabama one was probably their biggest loss, and that was like a, a double digit point loss. So uh, you know it, it'll be it'll be a fun one. You got a, a top twenty five matchup. You know Penn State's a top ten team, and Auburn I think step what they're down there around mid twenties, something like that, twenty two, something so. like that. Um, I, th- I mean, I think you're looking at a good game. Auburn's, you know, you're coming in, you're going to be fired up to play in a whiteout game. You know what kind of environment you're coming into. So I think it'll be close. Um, I think that that point spread, you know, I, I don't know that I would take the points if I was Penn State uh, or, you know, if I was betting on Penn State. Um, so I, I think you're looking at like a 24-20 win for Penn State. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Head there gear. it is. More headgear. Oh, headgear. We got to do I see what you did there. Uh, Rob Stott, ladies and gentlemen. Uh. All right, time to bring the party down, folks. I'm actually picking the Auburn Tigers to win this game this weekend. Uh, I think that Penn State has a lot of questions to answer offensively. I am not yet convinced on Sean Clifford. Bo Nix also has a lot of questions to answer. I think a big play here or there for Auburn, low-scoring game, call it 20-17. to 17. I think Auburn wins this weekend. I'll be shocked then. I might have to call out of the show next week if that's the <laughs> case. Um, I'm, I'm going to go uh, – this is good, though. I mean, we got some diversity. we got Penn State winning and not covering. we got Auburn outright. I'm going Penn State cover, 24-13, to 13, count it 11 points. I think Penn State, at the end of the day, takes care of the ball. I think Knicks has some costly turnovers. Low-scoring game. What was your score, Bob? 20-17. to 17. Yeah, so we're kind of all in that, yep. you know, could be like a first one to 20 type of game, and I, I really do believe that. Um, I think the whiteout has a major advantage. Um, and and you're not you're not talking in any whiteout. This is the first whiteout since fans are allowed yeah. back in the state. Yep. So right. This is, gonna this be... is a year off yeah. whiteout. So. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, your stat about six and six and, six and whiteouts is actually really good. Yeah. Um, they are they are five hundred and yeah. yeah. I mean, which is so always your toughest game of the year at home. It, like I think of it as so we do a Villanova show, right? When we talk about Villanova and they win every game at the Pavilion and they have this long winning streak at the Pavilion, it's like yeah, but they play their three to five toughest games of the year at home at the Wells Fargo Center. Right. So of course, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's the same concept yep. with the whiteout. It's yeah. Of course, they don't have a unblemished record because it's every time Ohio State or Alabama sure. or Notre I mean, Dame they, comes they to They could town. have a whiteout every year against you know Ball State, right, and <laughs> be undefeated, of course. But um, the, the interesting part about that is, is like when Ohio State came to Beaver Stadium during the sanctioned era, and Penn State took them like double OT, and that's year Ohio State won a championship. It's yep. that it's that kind of thing that makes the whiteout the whiteout. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think Auburn is a good team, and I just Penn State as of right now is more battle tested um, than Auburn, and I think that that's going to go a far way along with the atmosphere. Hope you're right. That's it, folks. I hope so too. Yeah, and you just start gaining. <laughs> I need on to get me. some points. Exactly. Bingo. All right, guys. Thanks for being with us here tonight. Really fun show, Rob. Excellent job. As guest picker. Thank you, Bob. The hat, I appreciate that, it. That hat fits real snug on Put you, Put him in. Put him in, coach. I'm 26 years old. I'm played two years of varsity. I'm varsity. in the best shape of my life. All right, folks, that's it for us. The Nittany Lions Sports Report here on Bob Long Sports. He's Rob Stott. 
He's Tyler Galhouse, and I'm Bob Long saying so long and enjoy the football this weekend.